Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode, a very special episode, a Champions League-filled episode of the Romans Empire podcast. My name is Zach, and I'm joined by Andres, as usual. Sam is out. Um, and you as know what? usual. As usual uh, lately, right? Like, Sam is basically the Gary Cahill of our podcast. So to replace him, we have a very special guest today. We have Jan from Yannick on Chelsea. So, Jan... Thank you so much for coming on, man. I mean, it's been a long time coming. How you oh, doing? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really good, mate. Thanks for having me on. What a, uh, what a day to have my debut, dude. After that three 0 win, can't wait to get going. Um, I'm pleased for the call up, and hopefully, I'll play well for the team. It's a historic occasion for sure. So before we get <laughs> into the Watford match, which you were actually at today, yeah, man. Um, West, uh, um, a great seat, West Lower. Before we get you into the match, we get a brand new shiny toy, and I'm just bare bones now, man. I didn't get to say hello to anybody. Oh, <laughs> man. Andres, who, do you want to say hello to our lovely listeners, all 12 of them? <laughs> yeah, I do. And I want to give a huge shout-out to my compatriot, Ron Dunn, for balling out and almost ruining Liverpool's season. Oh, Close. man. Great <laughs> effort. If we're giving shout-outs, can I just absolutely give Lewis Dunk a shout-out for an amazing last bit of defending against Arsenal earlier? Shout-out to Lewis Dunk. Yeah. yeah. Brighton. Wow. Thank you. Brighton, oh, man. Making it less stressful going into the final match day in DPL. Yeah. <sighs> the silent you know killers. I was, uh, I was nearly going to, as you introduced me, I was going to have a big pause and just start singing the Champions League theme, but I think, <laughs> I'll, uh, I think I'll spare the listeners just this once. Well, I was I was definitely thinking for the ti- for the title to just make it the Champions League theme song, just the champion, <laughs> just like a thousand O's, like it won't even fit on on anyone's cell phone or or laptop yeah. screens, just they super obnoxious all caps. They won't An care. Endless scrolling title with no yeah. end of just O's. Uh, lovely scenes, just oh, superb. It was I beautiful. Get, I might get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got it's drunk Cinco last night. Yeah, well, here in the States, it's Cinco de Mayo, so it's always an occasion. Any occasion to just kind of, like, drink in the States is an occasion in itself, isn't it, right? Like, we got Cinco de Mayo, people drink. Memorial Day, people go outside, barbecue, have a mm. obscene amount of beers. Yeah. St. Paddy's Day. July, Labor Day, anything is just an extra day off because everyone knows they're going to go out and drink. It, it really yeah, we, is that for Americans. We got that in the UK, actually. It's bank holiday tomorrow, so <clears throat> the English love getting pissed up, so I'm sure they'll be doing that tonight. Well, the Chelsea <laughs> fans will be anyway, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. The second this podcast ends, I'm actually going to pour myself a whiskey and just oh, mate. let loose today. Yeah, I'm going to go nuts. Mm, why not, man? We're in Europe. We are in Europe. Hey. And we're also in the yeah. Europa League. So I think that's a pretty good transition to that's talk meta. about the, the Eintracht Frankfurt <laughs> The stars aligned, guys, and, and, and that, that transition was just on point. So um, yeah. before we get into this match, let me just uh, remind you guys of the starting lineup or starting 11. So we had uh, Kepa in goal, Emerson out on the left, uh, David Luiz and Christensen as our two center backs, Dave, as usual, um, in his place on the right of the back four, midfield three of Jorginho, Kante, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek, uh, and a front three of William Pedro, and finally we get an Ali Giroud sighting. But I mean, it, it kind of sucks because we never see him actually play in the Premier League, um, and, yeah. and and we've actually gotten through the skin of our teeth on that one. Um, stat alert! But, quick, quick stat alert for you, Zach. 
Uh, Olivier Giroud is the first Chelsea player to get into double figures in a European competition for Chelsea. Oh, Ten goals. Go. Wow. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> more, more than Luka Jovic. Hey, th- that is exactly why we brought you onto this podcast, so you could just totally make us look bad with stats. No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enforcing. I'm, 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 you know, I'm just trying to give a bit more diversity to the pod, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll feed you some of the DMs later. No, this is perfect. It just whenever you have it. I mean, you're the stat man, so like whenever you have a stat, just you know, go ahead. I'll throw no it hesitation. in. No so I guess the big story going into this match was Hazard was on the bench, and mm. prior to the match, sorry. Um, notion that this was just a case of rotation and Hazard was tired and he needed a rest. So I guess the first question, and I'll, and I'll start with you, Yan. Did you mm. buy that? Yeah, you know what, man? Like loads of people lost their shit over this, and I really just didn't care. I was like, yeah, fine, um, rest him for the Premier League a little bit, bring him on. You know, and everyone's saying the main sort of critique I heard from this is Hazard not starting in the semi-final, being upset as a player. But Hazard knows he's the main man. He knows he's the Galactico, plays the big games. I don't think he'd have that sort of inclination to get the arse about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what um, people weren't criticising Conte when he left Costa and Hazard on the bench against Tottenham and a couple of years ago, and then he brought them on and it was an absolute masterstroke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, pick up semis, right? That's right. it. Yes, sir. So... Yeah. You know, like, whatever. You get different perspectives. To be honest, he came on and he looked pretty shit. <laughs> but, yeah, <it> <laughs> so maybe maybe he needed to be, you know, the start to settle. But, um, you know, before I ran off about loads, loads of different elements of the match, I, to answer your question, Zerka, I, I, I bought it. You know, I feel like, sorry, on a quick minor tangent, sorry, said in this post-match presser today after this game, he should have rested Kante. Um, he, he obviously pulled his hamstring. We'll get into that there, I'm yeah. sure. But he, he, he like admitted saying, I needed to rest him. You know, and that goes to sort of Hazard. Players do need to be rested every now and again. Hazard's not the biggest athlete. He's got an amazing turn of pace because of his body shape. But he's not like... Huge dog. You know, yeah, well, exactly. That's where it comes from. But, you know, he loves his beat. He's a carefree dude. He knows he's a world-class footballer. He chows down burgers. And he gets tired, man. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I bought it. And to answer your question, long-winded, man, yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Andres, what do you think? Yeah, I, I for me, it's as simple as this. Our choices that he put out should be able to handle a team like Frankfurt in such a big game. My thought process was, okay, Pedro and William are veterans. They've been in big games like this before. Why not give them a run? That, that As simple as that. Hazard did need a break and Pedro and William, well, Pedro, multi-champion league winner, and William's been there before in terms of big finals and elimination games. So that's what I thought of it. And, and I didn't really think much of it. I really didn't even think Sorry had to come out and defend himself for this lineup choice. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, and you, you talked about people like uh, losing their shit over this. I was one of those people, mainly yeah. because uh, I, I've been I, I've done my research on Frankfurt, and they're not. We've only played pub sides in the Europa League so far, and mm-hmm. Frankfurt is the furthest thing from a pub side, and probably mm-hmm. the worst case scenario in terms of uh, the semifinals, in terms of like who you could actually draw, right? Like I would totally rather play Valencia, Valencia. or Arsenal. Exactly. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, yeah. Arsenal have had the sign over Chelsea for the last three years. I'm terrified of Arsenal. Ars- I laugh at Arsenal all the time, unless and unless we're playing them. <laughs> you know, hey. they beat us, 
They beat us 2 0. We somehow completely blagged a 3 2 win early doors this mm. season. But ever since Conte, I went to the cup final, um, Conte versus Conte's Chelsea, you know, title Chelsea against Arsenal. And I, the guy I went with, we were so overconfident and then we lost. And then just that, our record against Arsenal ever since has been so poor. So I'm terrified of them personally. God, bringing up bad memories, Yan. Sorry, man. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. I'm honestly yeah. with him. A, a two-leg affair against Arsenal is is terrifying yeah, bit of, right. to, to get ready for. I'd rather play an all-out death match for 90 minutes that has to go into extra time and eventually pens than, than having mm-hmm. to do the home and away against them because their front, front two of Aubameyang and, and uh, Lacazette is very, very intimidating. Especially that, how our defense set up. Well, we could just yeah. have like a, a, a late season uh, Lewis Dunk signing, right? Oh, man, I love I'm that. I'm pretty sure that'll solve all of our problems, period. <laughs> I'm such a, I'm the, I've become a Dunk fan literally the last few games. But also, uh, obviously, Aaron Ramsey, who I rate incredibly highly, is yeah. out. He's done. For, he's cooked for Arsenal now. So that's a mm-hmm. you know huge plus because he scored the winner against Chelsea in that final. And he, he scored the winner in two FA Cup finals. And so, you know, yeah, you that's always, that. He always seems to have the key that could always pick Chelsea's lock, Aaron Ramsey. He's he's one of those players on Arsenal that I always look at and I'm like, man, I'll have him on my team mm-hmm. any day of the That's, week. Yeah, hundred percent, man. That's what yeah. I say as well. I say, I always used to say I'd love Aaron Ramsey, and, you know, but uh, I think he was uh, he wasn't utilized appropriately. <clears throat> excuse me for for Arsenal. I mean, obviously when he properly played in that number ten role. In certain parts of his Arsenal career, he's really, really effective. But um, a lot of the time, he wasn't utilised properly. But, mm. you know, provided Ch- Chelsea don't play over number 10 anyway now. So I don't know if how he'd fit in these last two sort of managers' teams. Probably wouldn't. But, but yeah, he's a player, man. And fortunately, he's not Arsenal anymore. Good on him. So, I mean, kind of going back to my point earlier, I did lose my shit over the whole, whole Hazard thing. But then mm. when he actually got subbed into the match, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, sorry, you actually... I think you're right. <laughs> you yeah, might have yeah, proved yeah. me wrong this time. <laughs> he looked absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. and, and one thing that really bothered me is like you got the Twitter warriors, right, that go out and are like, oh, well, Hazard always sucks when he comes off the bench. But yeah, and, like you alluded to the FA Cup semis where like he mm. literally came in and transformed the match. If oh, he did, man. Yeah. If he did not come in in that match, we wouldn't have won. It's that Dude. simple. Dude, he he could be an absolute assassin off the bench. Sometimes it just depends, doesn't it? Hazard yeah. is quite a mercurial player. There was I know again you're you're right to talk about pub sides in the uh, in Europa League but he did um I, I remember there was one game I don't know if it was against Malmo I think it might have been when he came off the bench and he was just having a fucking lovely time I looked at his number <laughs> I just looked at his numbers and I was like what he's been on for like 17 minutes and he like you know made like a massive handful of key passes completed 100 percent of all his take ons and there were a lot like like double anyone on the pitch and it just gone on for that. a little bit yeah he was just literally was like having a sort Something of like, like skip- seven dribbles completed yeah. in 15 minutes it was yeah. unreal yeah they just weren't ready for him and he, he just you know he was so chill as well he was just having a lovely time so you know it can go either way guys but uh, I know the one all away in Germany against a team that are no mugs um yeah good result man I mean arguably we definitely should have won from, I, d- I don't know if you're, you're ready to talk about the game uh, in its entirety, Zach, but um, I mean... Oh, we, we, could, we could get right into it. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I feel personally, you know, absolutely should have put that game to bed. Mm. Um, certainly uh, parts of the second half, because I feel like they, they came out and jumped on us. Um, and that works sometimes. And, um, you know, obviously a word for Luki Jovic there. 
he, he he in the first half he got a bit quiet we sort of kept him a bit quiet in the second half but you know x 21 years old having a superb season I'm not too much on the bandwagon because it's just one season thus far I think he scored as many goals this season as he has in his previous four four yeah. seasons or something you know yeah I saw that but he, too. yeah so but you know he looks great superb movement a very industrious you know as you'd expect a, a form 21 year old you know kid to be and he um he took that header so well. Yeah, I think it's that's... I think it's, it's understated, man, because that was floated in. It didn't have much sting on the cross, but he put some whip on it and then put it in the side netting, you know, across his body. So that that was an excellent goal. Um, but you know, uh, one all. Rumor has it his his neck hurts so bad that that's why they lost today six one to Bayer Leverkusen. <laughs> yeah, did you see their tweet? Leverkusen's tweet. They just did Chelsea earlier. fans in our mentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like pretty quite a good banter account, Leverkusen. So um yeah, I might give them a follow actually, because every now and again I see uh, see him retweeted and they come out with some funny shit. But um Well yeah. well uh Andres is a is a well known admirer of, of Luka Jovic. So I, I'm I'm you know, you said you did, you weren't necessarily on the bandwagon for him. What, what do you think? I mean, I, this isn't really Chelsea related. Andres would love to have him at Chelsea. I don't think it's realistic. Mm. Um, I just think there's too many big clubs sniffing around. And we still have this, you know, dark cloud above us in terms of the transfer window. We don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Mm. So well, where do you where do you see him going? And like, how good do you see him actually getting? Okay, well, uh, I mean, I've heard a lot of stuff on Lukiovic, actually. Obviously, he's performing very well. It's not up for dispute. But there was a very, very heavy links with Real Madrid. They need number nine. And not only that, Luka Jovic can play in the two. Benzema fucking loves playing in the two. Or oh, certainly yeah. being uh, playing combinations up front. Like Zidane's back in, back in the house. Benzema's going nowhere. He scored the most goals for them this season. He's a little bit back in form. But someone like Luka Jovic to come up and play next to him and then eventually take the mantle and play with another. Because I think he does like playing with a, a partner. Um so Real Madrid looks highly likely, you know, they need to replace goals. Real Madrid, he'll score goals, ball accounts. Um, I did hear on uh, a reporter talk about Chelsea being linked with Luke Jovic. And he is, what, what's interesting is he wouldn't be a Chelsea signing. Chelsea wouldn't want to pay the money that would be asked of a top tier Premier League team to buy him when he's just had one good season and he's really young. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, we, we paid 30 million for Batshuayi after he'd been playing all right, pretty good in France. Um, a little bit, you know, he's quite consistent, uh, a bit older, looked a little bit more, you know, developed, but it turns out Batshuayi is not, not too sharp between the ears and training. That's why no coaches fancy him. But uh, Luki, but you know, the, Chelsea, perhaps to their detriment in hindsight, we go for like someone like Morata, like, oh yeah, he's been around, you know, he's won the Scudetto in Italy, he's won the Champions League, he's won La Liga, you know, they didn't think about he'd never scored more than 16 goals in the season or he'd never been the main man. They were yeah. looking at his continued pedigree right. in, in different cultures, different footballing cultures, different competitions. They were like, okay, this guy... He's um he's built up to be the real deal. Let's throw 57 million at the Spaniard. Um, turns out he had a, a little bit soft, bit of an ego. Got you know when he didn't get his way, he was a bit petulant. Um, and he's a hairdresser also. 
Well, exactly. Fucking hell, man. A you know, so it, it didn't work out, and that could be to you got you know to Chelsea's detriment. And again, Iguain that they they go for. I know it's a loan, and they did cover themselves a little bit. I loved Iguain's career, and I'm a big fan of like Zlatan. Like I'm a fan of them as strikers, but it's a bit of a poor comparison considering Zlatan did do quite well in the Premier League. But you know, it looks like it probably yeah. won't work for Iguain. But Chelsea saw him as a proven striker, so they go for it. So to their detriment or certainly to the history, Jovic does not look like the kind of striker they just suddenly throw loads of money at. So yeah. that's what kind of what I think. I I guess the, the way I see it is, like you said, we have had this uh, strategy in terms of getting forwards. And, and all I, I heard it that I wanted to pinpoint as is the fact that we've gone for these quote-unquote proven players that have played for the top team in their league who have this ego where winning comes easy and mm. getting a young, hungry moldable striker who has shown that in being in a mid table side and fighting against the big boys, he can perform. Maybe mm. he'll have the hunger to learn and to put in the work and training. And mm-hmm. he's got the physical attributes. I, I don't know much about his training regime and how he does off the pitch, but again, it's easier to, to coach and get what you want out of a player before they are set in their ways. And I mm. think that's what's so enticing about him is that we could have him come in and grow with the rest of the young core that we're trying to build around and mm-hmm. have kind of a, a nice spine that has molded together and know what each of them do, how they move off the ball and, and that sort of thing. And that's why I'm such a big fan of the guy. Well, Andres, that just sounds far too sensible, mate. <laughs> you, know, <he's> like, <laughs> you do know we support Chelsea. Yeah, well, it, it's the same thing True. with Pionte. It's the same thing with Pionte, isn't it? Like, great season. They weren't, Chelsea weren't sure about this guy's just had one good season. This a similar scenario to, um, to Jovic, really. Yeah. Um, and obviously, um, um, Milan bought him. This looks good. Um, but, you know, I think they've gone for like £28 million pounds or something, you know. But it's almost like Chelsea would rather, and bearing in mind as well, I think there's a sort of, um, well, I don't know how much it comes into it, but, you know, they, they image rights and what's going to happen. Chelsea have started dropping that more and more now. But, you know, what does what it, the number nine means a lot for Chelsea, or it should mean, even though we've had so many fucking shit number nines, it, it, it should mean a lot, a lot. You know, we had the Drogba's and the Costas and stuff, you know. And Morata was a sort of big... He was supposed to be another one of those sort of like Galactico-level strikers. So, I don't know. Chelsea would be smart to quit risking so much money on, you know, strikers and maybe go for someone a bit more young and industrious and hungry. But, you know, do we look closer to home for that? If we're going to say... They they probably see... They might see Lukijovic as as only slightly less risky than giving our boy Abraham a chance. Do you know what I mean? Who's the the same same age. Um, He's got 50. Tammy Abraham's got 50 career goals, senior career goals already. And I know it's the championship for like the vast majority of them, but it's very physical league, arguably just as physical as the Bundesliga. Um, You know, so they'll they'll be looking at stuff like that, man. So I don't know. My my thing with Tammy would be that, our, our youth, it, I don't know what it gets. If it was, a like you said, if it's a player that we signed for Monaco, a.k.a. Bakayoko, he gets put right into the team instead of someone like Loftus-Cheek. And I just have that big fear for, for Tammy. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, or even mm-hmm. Reese when he comes back next season, Reese James and even Mason Mount, that there's always seems to be a shinier toy 
right there next to them that was more expensive even though you had this kid in your back pocket the whole time and like you said it's just so sensible <laughs> to just bring yeah. Tammy in and bring him in but again we are Chelsea and we just have a very unorganized structure when it comes to our own youth versus signing a youth prospect from elsewhere mm. can, so, I, can I sorry sorry Zach can no, I just no, quickly go for it, go for comment it, yeah. on that just um yeah, absolutely. I do feel like potentially things are changing at Chelsea, though. And a few reasons for that. Ever since the sort of beginning of austerity Chelsea at the end of, well, even from the beginning of Conte's reign. I know we gave him a couple of players, but he just was pissed off with the lack of funds. And Chelsea wanted to be more self-sustaining. Um, Conte and Jose don't have the inclination to play the youths. Um, Sorry wasn't supposed to either, but Sorry's looked at the quality of Ruben. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi he made them starting 11 players you know Jose Conte wouldn't have made them starting players um Christensen with the way I asked, you know things don't know what's going on with Louise he could be a starting player and then Tammy mm-hmm. suddenly you're looking at four academy products being starting in the starting 11 you know that's like the most on Chelsea that's like Bosby babe vibes you know like do you know what I mean so yeah and you know like you say and, and Reese James comes in to deputize for Azpilicueta at right back and then you can just from how fucking awesome he's been in the channel is the championship but if he can bring a little bit of that through to to the premier league he will make that right back spot his because he's more dynamic than as Piliqueta. and then suddenly you're looking at you know half the teams from the academy um and then that's a uh, it's all playing paying dividends you know people like mason mount i feel like he should still be a, he should stay with frank if they go up hopefully i agree um, yeah. Or, or, yeah i know or it's unpopular to... but yeah. I, I completely agree yeah because we're, we're you know we've got midfielders man i mean yeah. kovacic is um he splits opinion but i actually think he's an excellent footballer i just think that the system fails him or he fails the system but um you know if we've got barkley oh, yes, Ruben, Georgina, yeah yeah but you know but we've we've got mid we've got midfielders you know i mean bakayoko won't want right. to come back he's doing really well for milan now but um, well, I don't know. <laughs> according to uh, according to uh, you know different media outlets, I mean he he was late to training the other day, and, and he's on Gattuso's shit list now. Apparently, it's he oh, got dude. fined something near a hundred thousand, which is just Whoa. absolutely ridiculous. But like, I want to go back on that Mason Mount point that you brought up, Ian, because I actually agree with you. I think he should go out on loan. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the Premier League now, and you look at you know those those pseudo number eight slash tens. Uh, especially mm. the English players or the British players, like you look at David Brooks and you look at James Madison and you see what they've been able to do with consistent mm. playing time, being yeah. on, you know, like those mid-table sides where they can start, you know, pretty much every single week, at least like 75 or 80% of the games. I think yeah. Mason Mount will benefit greatly from that. Mm. It's an interesting point you bring up Madison, actually, because he's really interesting. Um, you know, he hasn't been called up for England, um, even though he's fucking he's awesome. Ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah, but... Southgate, the England manager, did make an interesting point that was hard to sort of argue with. He was like, we don't play over number 10. But, you know, so no, the thing is, all the top teams in in England at the moment don't play over conventional number 10. You know, City, um, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal. Well, Arsenal do, Arsenal do sometimes if they play yeah. a 4 2 3, three one. But United don't. So none of these teams play over like a conventional 10 behind the striker. So... Uh, Leicester do uh, they're certainly accommodating Madison like that so if um, it just depends really like how he'd fit in like would he play in the Ruben Loftus-Cheek role 
uh, Mason Mount. You look at Ruben at the moment, man. I mean, we can talk about his numbers in a bit, but what, how he's probably been in, in how this team's forms changed. I know we had a bit of a shit run recently, but he's been our best player as of late. Dude, he's been the, he's been the MVP. He's been yeah. the he's he's been the change. Obviously, Hazard's the world class player. Give him the ball. I'll do something by myself. But in terms of being like you know the iron man energizer thing in the middle of the fucking chest to make the actual suit work he's he's the dude you know what i mean he's the he's one like that he's like thanos in the middle of the pitch dude he's thanos <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I agree 100 percent. he's you, a hope have to take if you <laughs> if i you, mean if you take one player like bard hazard and conte if you tell me take one player out and your team looks differently, it's got to be mm. Loftus Cheek after yeah. the, the you know the resurgence he's had yeah. after coming back from his back I mean, easily. Let's focus on Loftus Cheek, you know, like more specifically in in the Frankfurt match because yeah, yeah, and you you had an interesting situation where like you tweeted out a bunch of like like yeah. awesome stats and uh, yeah. and I actually saw that tweet as well. So like, do you want to explain what happened there and like you know this whole oh, all, okay all yeah this yes. bullshit. Yeah, well, it is bullshit, man. It's, but anyway, I mean, this this stuff happens on Twitter. I I basically use a, a few different means of compiling stats, and and I I'll just present them on Twitter. And Loftus Cheek um had a really really good game as he has had many recently. Um, I'll just run through the stats first. Actually, he won 11 duels, which is incredibly impressive, and that was the most he completed 100% of. His, <laughs> so yeah, Zach, this, this is like the sentence I was referring to earlier, and the listener will understand in a minute. Completed 100% of his clearances and made an interception. Completing 100% of your clearance is good, but to add and made an interception on that stat is a very niche and odd presentation of a stat you know especially yeah. by my standards as well one yeah. possession back in all thirds of the pitch that's a very you know r- good stat and one two free kicks you know again why is that put on the end of that it's like a joined stat that you know i chose to, to pick. what uh played um three key passes brackets most completed an insane nine dribbles and the second highest was free and he assisted pedro so i i posted that excellent game from ruben um i often post his stats because he does so well and runs the game and then one hour later the broadcaster bt sport or bt sport football they completely completely <laughs> they completely copied my tweet they put it in there in the sort of like present um presented graphic and they just completely copied all of these stats in my exact wording and presented it as their own and published it on their twitter and i was actually um i was told by um uh, this uh, this guy called Joe Tweed. I don't know if your listeners uh, know him, but he he said uh, has has BT stolen this, and I sort of looked at it and I was like, nah, nah. And they just sort of looked at some stats, and then I actually looked at it and said, oh, they've chosen the exact same stats as me. Oh, they've <laughs> combined the exact same stats as me, even the ones that you know were a little bit, you know, reaching. And oh, they've used the exact same wording. So you know, I got I got pissed off at first, but then I guess if, if BT Sport, which are a huge broadcaster in the UK, if they're going to me for stats, then you know if they do you're it again, I'll, right. I'll say yeah, doing something right, and I'll send him the invoice. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so so <laughs> like invitation is the biggest biggest form of flattery, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was laughing before the end, but it was a bit of a wind up, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, so like based on those stats that you just mentioned, I mean, th- this was clearly his best performance in, in you know, in the senior squad, at least. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. I tell you what, he has done some. I mean, I, I'm, I'd have to dig deep on my um, on my Twitter, but he's done some immaculate ones. In fact, oh, yeah, I, I keep going, Zach. I'll have a quick look and I'll see if well, I can find. Yeah. 
th- th- oh. then I guess I'll change it. In my opinion, <laughs> I, I thought this was – I actually really thought this was his best match because, like, when you really think about it, the amount of times that he drove up the middle of the pitch and sprayed the ball out wide into dangerous positions to one of our wingers, mm. he, he had to do that at least maybe six or seven times. Shakes off his man as well. People bounce it, off him. Bounce, like, literally bouncing off of him. Like it's. Mm-hmm. I, I remember Hasebe. I think. It, I think it was right. The, the Japanese guy. And yeah. there, there was one play where, where him and him and Ruben, you know, just kind of did like a little shoulder barge, and Hasebe went flying, and it was like very similar to like what Lukaku did to Aspi, yeah. <laughs> when we yeah, played yeah, Man yeah. United. But like, I mean, just that, just that sheer dominance, and and you can tell like whenever Ruben got the ball, like you can sense that anxiety and that anticipation. In the mm. Frankfurt crowd, um, mm. even though I was watching it on some dodgy stream. Um, mm. So, like overall, I mean, based on what we saw in this match, and and and, and I guess we could kind of wrap up the Frankfurt, uh, you know, uh, review because I do want to get onto the Watford match. But based on what we saw, what positives could we take from it? Because, like Jan, Jan like you said earlier, we probably should have gotten more from this match. I thought we should have put at least three or four in personally. Mm. Andres, I'm sure you agree. I mean, we all watched the same match. It doesn't take a genius to see that. I mean, we just absolutely took a shit on them in the second half, but we just had nothing to show for it. So mm. what positives could we take from this one um, moving forward into our Thursday second leg? That question for me or Andres? Uh, you, you could take it and then Andres, you could jump on or... Okay. Uh, yeah, man. So <laughs> positive because... You know, objectively, it's a good result. It's a semi-final, first leg away, one all, the away goal, and it's a draw. So, you know, if you look at it objectively in that sense, it's very good. Um, we weathered an early storm. They did have chances that they didn't put away as well. I can't fucking find these off the cheek stats. Um, yeah, but yeah, they, 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 um, they. So, you know, we did get. They probably should have done better. But the fact is, they look. Apparently, Frankfurt, they've um. They are kind of quite Conte-esque first season in, in the sense of they're using the same 11 often. And I think there's a sort of a little bit of burnout now. Um, they had an excellent support, it looks like, in uh, Frankfurt. It looks, you know, their fans looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they had excellent support. Um, you know, I'm looking at the stats now. Uh, they're, they're a bigger team than us, but they didn't. They don't really play for set plays um, in terms of height. Um and, you know, the game was pretty, pretty, pretty even in terms of player performances. But that that's good for us, man, because we're going to take him back to the bridge and we're buoyant now after a win. Um, and I feel like if you can weather an early storm from them, they burn out maybe a little bit, apart from like maybe a little period at the end of the game, if memory serves. But, um, I'm, you know, apart from... Jovic, um, Revic will be back, I think. Which yeah, he's a wide ret- merchant. Yeah, yeah, for the for the return leg. But um, Kevin Trapp as well. I I, I, did, I wondered where if you what happened to him. I, I just <laughs> didn't think. I just didn't think about like oh he's not PSG anymore. But handsome goalie. It's good looking goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> so you know not he, not he kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah, but anyway, so that was yeah, it was funny seeing him. But uh, yeah, man, in terms of looking at it, you know, they play through at the back. They'll probably try and they, I don't know, they, they didn't do themselves any favours in terms of, they're obviously not like clued up a Premier League team that knows that they get at Chelsea's weaknesses. They'll come back to the bridge, Hazard will start, you know, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm quite confident, but you know, it's Chelsea. So Andres, yeah. what do you think, mate? Yeah, for me, I thought the the biggest thing for being the away team in the first leg is getting that away goal. That is huge 
because now we have in the case of you know a a draw or a high scoring game the difference will we or you know it's a huge difference to have that away goal all the pressure is on them they now have to come through the bridge where we're significantly better and like you said hazard for sure will start this next match our best 11 should start this match but on their end they might have a little bit of energy with uh like you said Rebic and potentially even holler coming back and now that they lost to buyer they need even a better result here in the europa to kind of keep their Champions League hopes and dreams alive. But in terms mm. of Chelsea, two things. The first one, there was one specific bit of play where, where Hazard got close to Ruben and he was like, all right, give me the ball. And Ruben just turned and, and just went on one of his guarding runs like, uh, Eden, I got this. Let me take on this this challenge this one time. And I just thought that was so big for his confidence and, and what we kind of are going to have to expect to see next season without Eden Hazard. It just kind of made me feel a little bit at peace that we do still have someone that can just have those darting runs and mm. demand the attention of multiple defenders to open up his teammates. So that made me feel really good. And the other mm. bit is, give me more headband Jorginho. Man, what a, <laughs> what a match did he have, man. I, I enjoyed his play. And, and again, I thought he was very good today as well. So mm. those are just kind of two little moments that I wanted to highlight. Getting the away goal is huge, and hopefully we can kind of replicate Frankfurt's fans because they were outstanding. He's been our our most underappreciated player all season long. And and I'm glad you brought him up, Andres, because he was so tidy on the ball in that match. And it's not only – that's the thing, though. You know, people always look at Jorginho's passing stats and go, oh, you know, you compare the amount of passes he makes and you look at the assists – his assist numbers and it just doesn't add up. He's he's, Mm. he's shit. The amount of balls that he recovers in the midfield and Mm. runs that he tracks are ridiculous. If you ever watch him defensively, yes, he's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not going to win every single challenge, but you can never question his effort in the middle of the field. And in this match, there there were countless times where he'd retrieve the ball, recycle possession, and boom, Frankfurt Mm. can't get out, and, and, and we keep that pressure on them in our attacking third. And it's just something that's so underappreciated now. It drives me nuts. Because, Dude, um, sorry, Zach, to me, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep going, man. Yeah, well, it, it just drives me nuts because, you know, we brought him in and I feel like Jorginho sort of been a scapegoat to, you know, in, in terms of people like to air their sorry frustration out on him because he's the mm-hmm. chosen one. Yeah, he's the general, it, isn't he? Yeah, and it's just not fair to him, you know, because I think I think no matter what manager is here next year, whether it's sorry or not, we'll get to that a little bit later. I think he's going to have a huge part to play and he, he makes my starting 11 in multiple systems like the, the fact that sorry said that he could only play the 433 and he can't play in a pivot is just absolutely ridiculous because his skill set's very similar to Cesc Fabregas's skill set and mm. we won a title playing Cesc at the pivot so yeah can, can I make a few points on that yeah. I think you made some great salient points on him there um I I love Jorginho um but and I'll, I'll talk about why I love him. He's not basically he's not as good as passing as Cesc he'll never he can't yeah. execute as good passes as Cesc he can't he hasn't got the telepathic see the runs before it happens like Sesk, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he's not as good as player as Sesk. He's metronomic. He, if the system is working, he is so quick. Um, he's got this cerebral football mind, and and Sari kept trying to sort of echo this sentiment when he when he touched down at Chelsea. He was like, he's very quick in the mind. In mind, if the as soon as the ball's touched his foot, if you're in the right place, you'll get the ball immediately. And he he's press resistant, and in terms of his assist, people love like 
trying to beat him with that no assist stick or whatever. If you look at the amount of key passes and SGA passes that he does when people should be finishing him, he should be on quite a decent amount of assists. But regardless, that's not his role in the team, even though he should have a bunch. And you're right, um, Zach, to talk about how defensively he, he's developed a lot as well, you know, and uh, and he's been professional. People of Chelsea, you know, some idiots at the bridge have given him shit and he, he got interviewed about it and he's like, no, I understand that fans want the best. And, you know, I'm tra- rather than saying, oh, they don't see what I'm doing. He's like, no, I'm going to do my best to make to make them happy. And that's why I'm here. I'm going to get my head down. And, you know, he's done. He's already done his first interview in English. Diego Costa was here for three years, didn't speak a word. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I I'm back in Jorginho fully, so yeah. I'm I'm, pl- I'm pleased you brought him up, bro. Uh, just uh, I know you want to finish on the Frankfurt game. Can I just quickly run down the game stats just for yeah, a bit yeah, of context? Of course, of course. You know what? We'll, okay. we'll, we'll end it right there, actually, because I I pretty much said everything I needed to say. Okay, so uh, let me just let me just end on this then. So bearing in mind we're in Frankfurt, we had 67% possession, which is a lot. We had 16 shots to their six. Um, a bit more disappointingly, we had only five were on target to their two on target. We're in we're in their backyard, 11 corners to their four, and they fouled us nearly twice as much with 16 to nine. So you know we that that deserved the W. Those that sort of dominance and a bit of better finishing and you know same story for Chelsea. But in terms of creating the chances and just pinning them back in their own backyard with such an amazing support. I feel confident for the return leg at the bridge. I definitely do too. So are we all uh, are we all back in Chelsea to uh, make an appearance at the in Baku? Yeah, defo. After yeah, today as well, spirits are high. You know, it's everyone we're we're in Champions League now. I think, yeah, I think we'll do it. It's nice to have some positivity. At, yeah. Yeah, mm. it is. I mean, like, and I was going to say, it's nice after the Watford match. It's just nice to have, you know, like this, this sense of positivity surrounding the club now, you know, because like I said earlier, we, you know, we had the transfer ban. We had the sorry out brigade. We had the versus the sorry in brigade. We had, you know, CFC the, the, fan TV, CFC <laughs> fan TV. I mean, I, I, listen, that's just an absolute joke. What a, what a yeah. fucking joke of a channel. Oh, man, but, I think they're being shut down. I've read some shit about them because anyway, let's not, let's not, let's not toxify your awesome podcast. We've talked yeah, about this yeah. and let's keep, let's keep going, man. There we go. So like, I guess we'll move on to the Watford match. And like we said earlier, thanks to Arsenal being absolute shit as of late, they drew to Brighton one, <laughs> one, immediately after our match Mm. so that means we clinched our champions league spot for next season um and we actually have a question here and 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 i want to start with you on this one andres because this is a roman's empire ultra uh per se that tweeted at us one of the how many ultras do we have like eight or nine (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah anyway hey you know this is he's an interesting one because he's swedish but he lives in switzerland so, um, you know, cool. we, we've had some banter in the past. He's a really cool mm. guy. Shouted out his kids a couple times. But anyways, Nick Lenartson tweeted us, and he asked, sorry in or sorry out? So wow. uh, it, it's a two-part question. <laughs> That's part number one. Part number yeah. two, was this sorry ball, or did the other teams actually play a role in us advancing? I think we all know the answer to that one. But I want to focus on the first part. Sorry in or sorry out? Andres, Go. That is such a loaded question right now. Let's let's open up that can of worms, man. I mean, we got we got a ton of time, and 
to be completely honest, this match was basically Frankfurt 2.0, right? Like shit first half, awesome second half. Oh my god, yeah, the first half was completely awful. And, and Yan, we mm-hmm. were talking about this earlier. The time difference for us, we we had an early morning to catch this, and Zach had a late night yesterday to match it. And you just wake up for these matches sometimes thinking, uh, what did we do? You know, we 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 are doing our part by waking up to watch this. So. Mm-hmm. Um, getting the result was great. Now, Intasari and Zari out for next season. <sighs> Gosh, it's just, for me, it's just, is there anybody out there that's going to do a better job? Am I completely satisfied with Zari? No, I'm not. But I don't want to just fire him to fire him and bring another person who is not qualified or isn't going to do anything differently, who might have the same issues. So for me, it was, in my head, I was thinking, okay, if we don't, you know, if, if things are still being weird, we have a transfer ban, can we really trust Sari with the cor- current group of people that we have? Obviously, Iguain hasn't been scoring as much, so uh, it's just so hard. I, I wanted <laughs> in my head. I, I, I so you're showing, so you're trying, you're showing you're I working really, as you go. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I, in my head, I thought, okay, you know, next season we're going to have a young group of players. You know, we... we are going to have Champions League on top of that. Potentially no no ability to sign new players. As, and I thought, okay, maybe this is the chance to have Lampard, Terry, like those kind of guys come in with a young group and just kind of go through growing pains together because we just don't have any other options. But at mm-hmm. least we'll have that Chelsea spirit, that fighting mentality, how we've done it before. These guys went from pre-Abramovich to Abramovich, at least with Terry, so they know how to transition into success. So that was my train of thought as to why I would want them to come at this current time. I know that they don't have the long careers managers yet, but because of this transfer ban coming, I thought it would be the perfect chance for it. Now with Champions League, I'm now like, I don't know, because in Europe, Sorry Ball or Sorry's tactics seem to work way better than they do in the Prem. So is Sorry going to budge a little bit and, and kind of, okay, I've seen my work here in the Prem and what I need to improve on. And can he really make our team look better now next season? So it's just such a hard one. I mean, if we keep sorry, or if we go for someone like Lampard, either one, either decision I'm going to back and I won't be upset with. It's just, it's just tough for me to answer that question. I mean, before the season started, if I told you top four guaranteed and a possible Europa league final, or, or let's just say Europa league semifinals. We lost on pens to, the best team in the country. I, I was at the, yeah, yeah. Right. League, the League Cup final, that's and point, second yeah. half, we, second half, we were better than City, man, and that's what I thought. Yeah. Um. You know that that's an achievement in itself of runners up in the League Cup. I don't know, man. I mean, but I would I mean, have, bit, I would have bitten my own arm off if, if you told me that in the beginning of the season. Hell yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Can I, I, can I give a little rant just to sort of go off yeah, on go what Andrew said about a few things? So, I. I'm by no means a sorry cultist, right? Um, I'm a football nerd. I like all that tactics and analysis and stuff. And and because of that, I was incredibly excited for Sari's arrival at Stamford Bridge. Um, not least because once he did arrive, he started talking about quite profound stuff about, you know, nurturing the inner child and football and play. And it just looked like Hazard was going to explode. And let's not Hazard's had his best season for Chelsea in terms of offensive output. You know, he's made Loftus-Cheek and Callum Hudson-Odoi starters in his 11. You know, again, stuff that other other coaches wouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. But 
for me, he didn't do himself any favours. I mean, I, I didn't want him to be a pragmatist. I didn't want a pragmatist at Chelsea, but he didn't do himself any favours. And for a lot of people that turned on him and made a toxic atmosphere, stuff that he's not obligated to do, wear a suit don't you fucking faggins and yeah know, i don't you understand know, that you know like he can even if he's not allowed to vape or wear he doesn't want to wear pads or stuff. you can get these little like white plastic things that you like suck nicotine air through that he could have like you know my old man's got one you know but you know that if he if he needs the ritualistic thing of putting something in his mouth like you know wear a suit do that clap the away fans and away days little things like that mm-hmm. and then all the people that go to these games and then you know like maybe a bit of the older generation there they give him shit. He could have done himself some favors, but the, he's done a lot of positive stuff. The thing is, I kind of like Andres, like looking at how his approach work in the Premier League. Does it threaten for a title? Can we even pretend to expect that? Um, you know, will he be better in in Europe? It does look like his football does work better in Europe, and and you know what? When his football works, rarely it's very very good. And even and one thing he has done for us is we can play out of the back as good as yeah. anyone in Europe now. And I really mean that. We're genuinely that good at playing football out of the back. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, in in uh, Ree Lampard and Jody Morris, um, actually, I think it can't be understated how good and important Jody Morris is as a coach. Um, yeah. I, for me, Lampard is the ace in the sleeve for Chelsea. We do look like we're bringing through more youth and slowly, you know, the Reese James, the, the Loftus Cheek, maybe Abraham Hudson Odoi. I think looks like he's going to stay. All these people, they are they what they you know won youth cups together. They've won like World Cups and stuff. You know they they do have that fighting camaraderie. I feel like that is coming back. But when it and Lampard is very much the sort of leader of that sentiment. But for me, Lampard is the ace up the sleeve that you cannot pull up until you're ready. Now, I, I was at the um the Derby-Chelsea game at the bridge, and that was surreal, watching, you know, the whole of the bridge chant his name. And, you know, how... Because he never really said goodbye to Chelsea when he left. He kind of, like, he yeah. said it himself. He came through the back door. He left through the back door, but today he walked through the front. Um, quite a profound words from a very intelligent man. Um, And he was so well-received. And for, for us to just throw in him not ready say next season with Morris and then play the kids and it not go well and watch him struggle and eventually fizzle out would be heartbreaking we need if we give he's still really young he, he needs to develop elsewhere for Lampard to be given the best chance at Chelsea we need to have stability we need to know what's going on with the owner we need to know what's going on with the band we need a footballing director maybe if Czech does come in like the rumours we need him to work at the club for a year or two and everything is to settle him develop elsewhere for a couple of years then come in to throw him in now into a shit show i think would be just dumb so but but just just to sort of end this little rant with that i, I do want to see lampard at chelsea one day maybe even with jt as his number two oh, dream but um dream. yeah well exactly like you know if you look at Solskjaer when it was going well i know they fucking fall off a cliff but he had carrick and mike feel and it could be you know uh, Morris and Terry with Lampard in the middle that would be that's a fucking dream but um, yeah just not yet man so if Sorry did yeah. go someone else someone else who's uh, gonna just keep settle the ship I just wouldn't want Lamps in just yet that's my that's my take on it dude it, it, it's an interesting take because on the flip side like there's a lot of people that argue and say you know the perfect person to weather the storm right now would be someone like Frank Lampard or Jody Morris um, to just yeah, kind of but... come into the club and restore some sort of positivity and yeah, I, but what does he I, become then? He becomes like a sort of a caretaker. Exactly. To just and, to, you know, it, it, for mm-hmm. me, it's not the right theme, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that sentiment. And, and 
to be completely honest, if Sari does get the sack and, and, and listen, I mean, we've talked a lot of shit on this podcast about him. I mean, we've also said a lot of good things about him, to be fair. Um, but if Sari does get the sack, this has to be like one of the cruelest sackings of all time, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I just... Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess we have a history of sacking managers uh, ruthlessly, I guess you could mm. say. But mm. um, to be completely honest, I, I would be totally open to having Frank Lampard come in tomorrow. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to make it happen yeah. if I'm Chelsea Football Club at this point. But you're a, you're a, I mean, so would I. A big part of me as well. Don't get me wrong. He's like the prodigal son, our top scorer. He's intelligent. He's sharp. He like, he's well presented. He, he, he's very measured. Now he speaks to people. He's got the respect of world football. He's our boy. That's why I'm just terrified. If we sack Lampard or Lampard has to walk out and that's it, that's done. We don't have another Frank Lampard. Do you know what I mean? We're, yeah, we're just yeah. off, like, like, here's a burning pile right. of shit. Please just settle the storm, you know, and make the fans feel a bit better while we sink. No, no, I wouldn't say, let him stay. Say, I know, let's be fans of falling. You know, say he stays at Derby or goes up or finishes like in the top 10 with Derby and developing players. And he does a few masterclasses, you know, a few scouts of big teams. And, and then Chelsea settled as a club. We've got a good generation of players coming through systemically in terms of footballers and uh, officiating, you know, people within the club as well settled. Then bring him in. For me, it's just a little bit like, don't pull the don't break glass for emergency Lampard bring him in settled and ready Lampard that's my take on it yeah I mean I, yeah, that would be a perfect scenario I, I think like you said if, if we had a board that we all trusted and like you said on top of that the ownership of it all if we had a, a solid board that has shown us we have a plan here is our plan yes we're bringing Lampard he's a young manager but we're bringing him and we're giving him five years to get his off Chelsea going and from there we will go like extend him and so on like if he's given the time money and investment that someone like Klopp has been given and yeah, says he, he really mean it he won't though he won't he won't yeah, right, right. that's exactly. the thing yeah. he won't he'll, he'll be he'll be what you guys just said he'll be a he'll be a, um, a, a steady the ship lift the spirits Chelsea fans you know good for the yeah. Chelsea brand but that's not enough for he is I think he's a capable of being a top tier manager and we need to give him the resources to, to be so like and you know is it, 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 is he gone. even going to be willing to take to take up a position like that at this point in time like we're for, I think the one thing we're all um you know well, he said that not he was mentioning here, he, he he's a serial winner like the guy wants to win so he's not going to come in and, exactly. I guess, you know, uh, aim to just restore the positivity and then just kind of, you know, dust off his hands afterwards and go, OK, that was a positive season. No, like mm-hmm. this guy's going to want to come in and he's going to want to build a, 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 a title challenging team, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a, an absolute top class team. So mm-hmm. we can't we we can't deviate, you know, from that perspective as well. And I think that's important. And, and Jan, like as you were going on your little rant, like I thought about it and. Like, yes, I would still take him tomorrow at Chelsea, but mm. I do understand what you're saying in terms of, you know, he's he needs to come in under the right conditions. We can't screw this one up, basically. You know, well, exactly. We, yeah. But we're, we're we're built with the inclination to screw it up at the moment. Yeah, That's the issue. Exactly, so, exactly. Lampard's not going away. Um, 
Zach. He's not going away. He he yeah. and Terry will always want to come to Chelsea, no matter what, every time. It's not like take him this season or don't, or you won't get him. He's not yeah. going anywhere. Sarri's got his players. It looks like he's been through some teething issues. He's tasted the Premier League difficulties, tasted the media, he's tasted the shit. He found a little bit of form recently. We've shown we can play. The players all like playing for Sarri, despite what, you know, what what people might say or fans might not like him they want to play with the ball footballers they do want to play with the football you know they don't want to suffer or sit back and being pragmatic and he's adamant he, he can football can be played in this way and you know man city a testament to that working in the premier league and not only just working being what it takes to be the very very best and you know so far ahead of everyone else chelsea are obviously very far off that and i do i, I also will concede that pep guardiola is pragmatic in the sense of tactical flexibility but they'll yeah. still play play with the football and they'll still you know do vertical passes pull people out of position this is the football sorry wants to play and um and you know did did execute at Napoli and it looks like what he was doing at Napoli if he had a bigger squad and better players that 91 point season he had could become even better you know i mean so, they even want him back oh god yeah and you know and that's these fucking chelsea fans like oh yeah we'll swap ancelotti back yeah no look what's happened to like, ancelotti this last like yeah like he's the last two clubs he's been doing really poor you know and got he's they're gagging for sorry these these guys and, and you know so just I, just to touch on that too last season they broke 89 points Total, yeah, 90, 90, 90, yeah, there were 91, 91. points. Yeah. yeah, they are 20 points from that tally without mm. sorry. It, yeah. it's, well, exactly. it's, it's the exact same squad, basically, mm. minus Jorginho. Mm. And it's Ancelotti now, and they're 20 points back. So to give res- you gotta you got to give respect to Sarri because obviously he was part of their success. They can't say, oh, all their players did all the work, which has no, been course, part of yeah. what people are saying. Yeah. 20 points. So. Yeah. Yeah. So can I just just a sort of again, sorry, I, I, we've been on like a big thing, but to bring it back to what I originally said about sorry, sorry has got a bit of a fairy tale story, like a quite a humbling, endearing story of how he got. Yeah. He had a proper job. He's not like Guardiola. Guardiola was like born in a test tube at Barcelona, you know, with like the total <laughs> total football Cruyffian, Croy- <laughs> yeah, like doesn't know anything else. Do you know what I mean? Sorry yeah. had a proper job. He's older. He's tasted life. He's no mug. He knows the bullshit in life you know he's, he's been around the block he's been he's got so much life experience there's something like that is endearing about that but despite all of that he played some of the most beautiful football in the world that that attracted the world that made the world coin a term for it sorry ball serismo that went in the italian dictionary something that he does not give a shit about and he himself thinks is ridiculous yeah. <laughs> you know this is something the world responded to yeah. um again uh, this sounds like i'm massively pro sorry he gets sacked tomorrow and i would feel as equally confident as if we kept him i'm uh, i'd say i'm on the fence i think maybe we should keep him because he's got his players there might be a band the players like playing for him and it looks like it could be okay and a full preseason you know, as well for, full, especially for yeah. guys like Loftus Cheek, who are you know like out, well, no, out at yeah. the World Cup, Hazard, Conte, Rudiger. Exactly. exactly. On on Conte, I'm sorry, excuse me, Hazard. Yeah. I, 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 um, I've said this on a, I think my podcast I was talking about. I was listening to Pat Nevin. Pat Nevin seems to think Hazard's staying at Chelsea, <laughs> which no I thought. Well, it sounds like there's absolutely no chance, and I'm in that camp. Um, but it's Pat Nevin. <laughs> he said he said like he spoke to someone at the club and it was like a little thing apparently someone close to the 
to the know-how he said uh you know oh we have to deal with our hazard um and they just gave him a look and then he said you think and then he was like oh and then he and he said this on um, a bbc broadcast and he said oh, obviously i'm not going to name the person or who said that but he seems to think oh, it's not so you know he seems to think there's a big chance he'll stay but i don't think so i think we'll cash in on hazard we'll run down the contract of hudson adoy because the financial losses are would be way way less doing it that way around and by doing that with his injury and his uh, healing his injury and how we've made him a starter i think hudson adoy will resign yeah Might I, drop. I, I i think hazard's off too so i mean i wanted to ask you about that um mm. in particular the send-off after the match, because you were actually there. Did you notice yeah. anything that Hazard was doing? Did it seem like he was sort of, like Andres alluded to this in our group chat the other day. He's like, guys, we have to watch. We mm. we, we can't turn our TVs off. We have to watch what happens after the match. We have to see how Hazard well, gets sent off. So what did you he, notice? Okay, uh, it didn't seem like it. Like, he, but you know, you know what Hazard's like. It's yeah, not his last game at the bridge. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going to the game on first day as well, and that will be technically his last game at the bridge. True. Um, there's a lot, you know. So, but yeah, he's very nonchalant that like you said. But they did the lap of honor. He was, you know, with his little son Yanis. Uh, great was name. He not really making like, him? No, no, yeah. What are your videos? He was making him. Uh, he was trying to make him. Kick, I watched the video on Chelsea. Uh, trying to make him kick the ball at William. But um, you know, he just. Uh, the fans think he's going, obviously. So yeah. every time he took a corner, everyone was singing his name. Um, when he was uh, at the Matthew Harding end taking corners, everyone's just constantly on their feet as soon as he got close and he was, you know, doing a little 180, applauding back. But it didn't seem overly emotional from him. I'm not sure if Hazard would be the type. I mean, he loves Chelsea. Absolutely. No matter what anyone says, he only wants to go to... Real Madrid because he's grown up wanting to go to Real Madrid before he even knew the fuck Chelsea were, you know, he lo- and he loves Zidane. If that, if that, if those two things didn't exist, he would never dream of leaving Chelsea. He loves Chelsea. His family's happy here. He knows he loves being the main man. Every bloody game, there's the massive Eden Hazard banner that goes over the shed. Um, you know, he won't get that at Real Madrid. He'll probably get whistled if he miscontrols the ball. Like, you know, Ronaldo, second best player of all time. He was um, getting whistled, yeah. Yeah, he gets shit all the fucking time. So there's loads of reasons why, but you can understand from a career perspective. I'm sure you guys have, you know, done this so many times, but talks about hazard but you know you, you, if you're in his position you just be like yeah well i might as well go and play for three years for in the white shirt i've always dreamed of my whole yeah. life and, you know so it's but, irresistible isn't it it's, like it's, irresist- it's irresistible for, for for a professional everybody football, but for I mean, him like, in like, particular as well even, on top even, of even us as chelsea fans like would we really turn down an opportunity to play for zidane Player, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm half French, man, so I fucking love Sudan, you know. Yeah, so, there you go. So, yeah, so anyway, all, all that aside, he, you know, he he got a good reception. He had a, played a good game. He didn't he didn't go for like the last bridge goal or anything. He obviously got the two assists. He, yeah. um, for me, maybe man of the match. Um, played very well, but you know, you, we were all used to it by now. But yeah, I mean, did the lap, they all did the lap of honor at the end? It didn't seem like the farewell for hazard but i I don't know i feel and you know he's there's a stupid sky sports thing when he says like yeah we'll we'll be ready next season he calls his wee wee and he's in the new shirt as well but you know of course he's gonna he's gonna but he's gonna pose in the new shirt because it's a marketability thing isn't it it would sell shirts now you see hazard in that you can buy a hazard number 10 new shirt it's obviously what they're gonna do but um i think it was obviously the the night on a mini tangent was about mr gary cahill um So I mean, Andres has an interesting take on on Gary Cahill's quotes. I mean, but, but before we get into that, Jan, uh, sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm going to cut you off right there. Go but ahead. 
I, I do want to just uh, – I want to say one little excerpt of that quote so that people understand where some of like some of this fan anger is coming from, which I think is irrational, but Andres thinks otherwise. So mm. um, I'll say the quote, and then Andres, I'll have you jump in, and then Jan, um, uh, you, you could kind of like round it off with your take and, and what you saw today especially. So Gary mm. Cahill uh, had some quotes on being left out this season. Um, if you guys want to go look up – Is this with Matt Law? I believe so. Open. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, quote, it makes it very hard for me to have respect for someone who has not respected what some of us have won with the club. That's the only quote that I pulled from that, you know, whole spiel that 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 he spilled uh, pre-match. I know there's a lot of anger about that because it's like, well, guys, like like look what happened with Sesk. You know, he didn't go up in arms and, you know, he eventually got his move. And now, you know, like he's like bottom of the table obscurity at Monaco. But like. I find it kind of ridiculous. I mean, this guy has won absolutely everything there is to win at Chelsea. And mm-hmm. I would even go as far to say as he, he could be a legend at the end of the day, right? Oh, he fucking is, man. Sorry, yeah. sorry Andres. I know you, you want to get your take, but just quickly, I have to say this. Je- I mean, yeah, I feel like he shouldn't have said those things because our greatest ever captain and defender, who's like the look to the people are still saying he's the Premier League greatest centre back, he sat out gladly a whole season under Conte and yep. just back to the team and did the team talks every he was so professional about it so mm-hmm. he probably should have taken a leaf out of the you know the, the captain leader legends um, book there but oh uh, so, sorry I, I, I can't remember what the next bit i was gonna say i was just so well <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> and, yeah maybe I'm it'll come back to you yeah andres what yeah. do you i, I, I want to hear your take and like maybe you know like let our listeners know like where you're coming from on this issue because i mean i guess there is some logic to it but i i just beg to differ yeah my, my issue with it and, and jan you started my argument for me is mm. if anybody deserved more respect in their last season where he didn't play, where he probably should have, it was JT. Mm. And we'd never heard a single issue from JT about okay. lack of playing time. Nothing. No, and, in fact, in fact, he said, I'm pleased I'm not playing because it's working. He said that. Yeah. He said, I said, I hope I don't right. play again this season. He said, I hope I don't play again this season. <laughs> and obviously it was different times, different, you know, different scenario. We were on, what, 13 wins on the bounce. Like, it was totally different, but at the same time, the, the timing of these quotes is just awful. It, it, before this match, we were battling for top four, and it was going to go to the, the final day of the season where we were going to have to play Leicester, who is no chum. So this rattling the cage at this point for me is what really angered me, like mm. number one. Just the, the timing and the fact that, you know, have a little bit of wait – till, wait till you leave and, and tell me, all the awful things about sorry. At that point, mm-hmm. I can be like, you know what? You're totally right. He mistreated you. The timing of it was the first thing that really bugged me because, again, we're already in, you know, you go on Twitter and it's sorry in versus sorry out. It is, are these players good enough? Like, there, nobody's agreeing on anything. The yeah. media is absolutely loving the craziness that is going around with Chelsea. Shit and you show. just added yeah. so much fuel to the fire as the team captain, because he's still the team captain, saying True. that you have... And, of course, they're pulling the quote saying he doesn't respect the, the manager and so on. But the other part is, you know, I, I think he's borderline legend. I My mind will change once he leaves, I believe. But we, mm. we are set up to give you a farewell. Like, we are so set up for it. But to then mm. just do this, it's like, ah. Oh, it's so dumb, isn't feels, it? 
Yeah, I mean, but but this was like I'm... really this was really the only bad press that he's had at Chelsea, right? I mean, I, I... Oh, right, right. And and, and to, to finish off what I was gonna say is he was upset and he had every chance to leave in January mm. where he would have gotten a proper send off going into the the January transfer window. Yeah. And if rumors are true, he turned down three or four different teams that were interested. Because yeah. he just didn't want to go yeah. play for them. I wouldn't want yeah. to go play for Fulham either, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have had to but go far, though. No, right, right, walking right. Right. Yeah. His, fa- yeah. his family situation isn't bothered. He would definitely walk into these sides. I mean, yeah. he would play, which I feel like that's the, one of the biggest things for these players. Mm. But, yeah, it was one of those things where Danny Drinkwater, and I, I, I know I'm using Danny Drinkwater as an example, but... I'm sure he got the exact same sort of conversation from Sari where he was like, you know, I, I just don't see the match. It, mm. It's just not working as to what I'm trying to do. Well, so, sorry, said it, it before, you know. Yeah. No, he's, yeah, and yeah, I think so, yeah. These things have been spoken before. So lack of communication. I'm sure there is some. But is it really that much of a surprise at this point for you, Gary? Like kind of like, come on now. Like I said, wait till you you got your move away. Let's yeah. say. You know, you're on a high horse because Chelsea doesn't make the top four. And you're like, you know what? I could have made a difference. Instead, now I'm like, man, I, I'm glad the players still gave him the, yeah. the throwing him in the air and all that because he does yeah. deserve it. But I had a sour taste in my mouth going into it because all those things got leaked or released minutes before kickoff. I, I can I I got a few things on the get set Gary Cahill. So yeah, I agree. Poor poor timing, and I I feel like. He's a bit of a silly northern lad and just doesn't have the super, you know, he doesn't have king's blood in him like JT, basically. He was always a B-Tech JT, so let's just, yeah. you know, get it out of the way. But, um, yeah, so in terms of the, the atmosphere at the bridge, yeah, there was only one Gary Cahill was just being charged the whole time. He came on when he made, I think he made one defensive header, but the bridge erupted when he met that header. <laughs> the thing is, right, here's my thing on Cahill. He... Could, he doesn't suit Sarri's football, and that is fine. He, you know, he's not. He, he tried him in a few Europa Group stage games, cup games. He's not the right mold of player, and Sarri was brought in to do a job, and he told him that, and you know, he should have just respected that. But on the flip side, I feel like a pragmatic view. Cahill could have been very useful this season in certain games. He is a, still a very good penalty box defender. And when we're setting up doing zonal marking with ball playing defenders against a set piece team like Burnley that scored two set piece goals, that just makes me feel like Gary Kay would have eaten those up all day. And he would have, like JT, he puts, it, he puts his face where it hurts. He'll put yep. his face in the studs. And not only that, Conte's first season, I think Gary Cahill scored eight goals or something. Ridiculous, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was eating them up in corners and penalty box. I know we scored from a couple of set pieces today, but corners have been abysmal for us Where the this fuck season. has that been all season long? <laughs> so, yeah, exa- exactly that. So, yeah. you know, he, he could have done well for that. And Wouldn't the ball even get to Gary Cahill, though? We well, well yeah. Wouldn't even beat the first man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a joke when Willian holds up one finger because he's telling the, the people in the box he's going to hit the first man. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah, the, the fingers of Cahill as well. He, I, I tweeted about this this morning. He holds the record. In the pre- for a Premier League player to win fastest time to win every trophy available uh, in club football. So that's, you know, Champions League, uh, Europa League, Premier League, FA Cup, um, League Cup. He won, he won them all in like fucking, I think, five years or something, or like four or five years. So he broke the record. He played the Champions League final on like one leg. He, you know, 
he leaves it all on the pitch and he he trains very hard by all accounts. He was in excellent shape. He's very strong. Um, he was in the gym. So he gave it all for Chelsea. Um, you know, is he in that top echelon, the top bracket of legends? You know, I'd say no. I'd, I'm not even, I think Eden Hazard's just maybe joining the likes of, you know, there's an argument is Eden Hazard up with the JTs and, you know, uh, the Lampards and Osgoods and, you know, Tamblins and all that sort of stuff. But like, I feel like Hazard is the most talented, but in that tier below legends, Gary Cahill was absolutely, absolutely in there for me. Um, And, you know, he, he got on his high horse a little bit, but he should have just looked at what JT did. But the JT had that respect with Conte. Conte kept saying like, he's so important to me. He's so important in the dressing room. He's a great man. He's a great man. And maybe Sari didn't do much of that, but in his post-match press conference today, I watched Sari quite interesting talk about Cahill he was actually asked about these comments um and he said he doesn't know what the comments were you know do with that what you will you can um, I mean sorry doesn't read the media but someone might have whispered in his ear like watch out he said these words but he said no but before he gave the so what made me think maybe he did know about these comments is before the journalist got a chance to sort of reply and tell him about these comments he sort of came out and said no but um Cahill played a few games he's had to be very patient and he's been very understanding um he's been very again he's been very important for me off the pitch he's absolutely amazing he's been such a great player for this club he's won everything Gary Cahill and I thought it was important to get him on today so he could have it for the players for himself and for the fans and he's sort of a bit of a mic drop from Sari there and I was like yeah good you said the right things there you know he could have just not put him on and then that would have done him no favors with the fans so I'm I'm pleased he brought him on he got he got his moment so you know i feel like this it, it's interesting that we spoke about it because it's it's, it's current news but it was, this will rapidly become nothing news you know yeah of course i mean right. I, and it so, was three and a half years for him to win every trophy by the way yeah well well which is ridiculously fast though that's <laughs> like, ridiculously yeah, no, no, no. fast yeah is he that's sure? what i'm saying that's what i, that's what I was trying years. to say sorry uh, yeah, three and a half. Like that's so quick. That's what I was trying to get at. Sorry. So that is I'm that? So is, say, but it's just quick. That is fast. Is that so? So that's the double. Was he with Ancelotti? So that would have been the FA no, Cup. No. He was, yes, so. yes. 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 That was his very first season. Pre- so yeah. So Premier League FA Cup first season, and then a couple of seasons late. I mean, he got Champions League, 2013 league, Europa League, the league, 2014 yeah. the league. <laughs> Yeah, no, 14-15 was the League Cup. and the, anyway, anyway, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, great servant, undisputable great servant. But, you know, it didn't fit the system. And to be honest, he's... It's how one of those things fight? where it, it kind of, it just is what it is. Like, it's mm. it's a business at the end of the day, right? And, like, mm. Sari is trying to perform his job at the highest level possible. Mm. And Cahill was surplus the requirements. And he I looked think emotional as well at the end. It was nice, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was. I, I teared up a little. Thing. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. what is probably isn't as big as, well, it wouldn't be as big as a Chelsea legend as Cahill is just because yeah, of what he's won and the time he's been with us. But he was emotional. He's crying. Everyone's giving hugs, yeah. you know. And Do you know what I mean? Yeah, nice. Yeah, but, um, so, you know, he had his moment. It's not like it wasn't completely, like, sterile and cold. He had his moment. Sorry, he's not. You know, Sarri's a once he's a dogmatic in his, his approach of football, but he's got heart and he did the right thing. So I'm paying him on. So, so, so uh, we are running low on time. I do want to kind of round this podcast off before we before we sign out. Um, mm. Let's talk about the new kit really quick. And and, mm. and 
give me like a 30 seconds or less synopsis <laughs> of what you think of the kit. And then also tell me, is it going to grow on you? So, Andres, I'll start with you. It looks better from afar. Because <laughs> you can't see it up close. On me. I think it's going <laughs> to grow on me. I, I've looked into it a little bit more, and like, but I, I'm still not going. I'm still not ready to go and spend my money on it just yet. Mm. I think it'll grow on me though, because again, I, I think from how we see it, you know, from afar, it, it it looks okay. It looks like Chelsea blue on the TV, which is was my biggest fear. So at least they got that right. Yeah, so I like it, and I'll tell you why. I I'm, I love football shirts. Looking at different ones, I mean, I don't really, uh, I don't really wear wear football shirts. I, I love, I mean, the yellow kit. I'd never wear the yellow kit. It's oh, beautiful. beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful on footballers, but it um it, it looks like a bunch of you know canaries walking down the Fulham Road, and uh, it's it's beautiful on footballers. But I, I I don't think like I could pull off that yellow. But that's beautiful, and that's like classic. You know what? Well, not it's becoming a classic Chelsea sort of color. Um. I would have loved the first kit to be either like royal blue, maybe with a collar and a red trim, quite simple, mm-hmm. or how Nike made certain France kits, how they made those, they, they made a couple of really nice blue, dark blue France kits that would have looked, if they sort of Chelsea-fied them, it would look really nice. Mm-hmm. This is, so I do like classic shirts. I love classic shirts. Um, I've got the uh, third kit, actually. Someone got it for me from this season, the sort of anemic blue one. that I oh, really Andres like that. Has it too. Yeah, I really like it, man. So yeah, so I dig that. But um, the this kit, right? So it's not that classic. I would have liked a classic Chelsea collar, you know, bright royal blue, but a bit like sleek, retro, cool. Everyone would have dug that, you know, all generations. But this, I know it's the Stamford Bridge roof or something design on this new one. I kind of like that, but not because obviously it's different to what I would have liked in terms of more of a classic shirt, but. In a weird way, remember when people lose their shit when there's a World Cup and there's like a cool Nigeria shirt with loads of patterns, but like a broad colour. I know like people won't want that in club football, but it's got a, a discreet level of that, you know. Um, it To me, they didn't stripe random colours like red flicks along the front of it. It is royal blue and it's like a graphic design. And I think it's not vulgar. If it had different colours on it, it would be kind of vulgar. And I think I can get into it. I can respect it for what it is. Um, obviously I like him maybe would have preferred sort of a bit more of a classic retro kit bringing it back with a modern twist like all yeah. football fans with all their kits but for what it is I can I can get into it and so yeah I kind of like it and you know I've got some I, shit for liking it I think it I, I think it will grow on me over time just because like you know I, I can never hate a Chelsea kit per se right like like, like I feel like yeah. I'm I feel like I'm too connected to the club and I'm too emotionally invested into the club to be like, oh, fuck this kit. I'm still mm. going to buy it. I buy every home I, I buy every home kit every single year. The one thing yeah. I am going to say is that if this – I would like this kit a lot better if it was a third kit because – Yeah. Because yeah. frankly, that's just what it looks like or like a specialty kit where we wear it on like a special occasion or an anniversary or so, so, on like something significant. I mm. think with, with Chelsea specifically, my favorite kits, like you mentioned, the yellow kit, it's simple. But it's brilliant. Mm. And you mm. also mentioned the uh, – or we mentioned a kit from last season. Or, yeah, last season. Simple but mm. brilliant yet again, right? Like mm. I feel like Chelsea needs to have that simplicity. And looking at it from from the TV, the the stripe on the back, like – Jan, maybe you can like uh, confirm this. It looks – sometimes it looks like highlighter orange and other times it looks red. 
Um, I fucking know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it looks like this weird, odd, like, mix between, like, uh, we didn't know if we, were, we wanted orange or red, so we did mm. both. I don't know, so, I, couldn't, I mean, I had wicked seats, I was in the uh, middle of the West Lower, and I couldn't notice, so, I mean, it, yeah. looked, it, looked, it looks fine, man, do you know what I mean, it's yeah. a bit different, um, and it, it, I think it's better, like, it's, for me, I, I'm into it, like, you're right, two seasons, uh, last season, excuse me, the, the simpler Nike, the first Nike kit, really, really nice, if they did something slightly different with, like, a shoulder trim, like the France kit, it would have been a bit more, bit perfect nice for me, but yeah, I, you know, I dig it, man, it, it's cool, it's different, hopefully... We're win the Champions League in that funky kit, man. Do you know Sounds I mean? good. I mean, so, you know, like oh. I said, we are running low on time. And, and mm. Jan, I do want to give you a chance to just sort of like plug in, you know, your channels and your podcast. I'm a yeah. listener. I really enjoy it. I love your content. I'm, I'm extremely happy we finally got you on. And it's hopefully pleasure, we can man. get you on again in the future. I mean, this was like this was really good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever you want to plug, uh, plug away. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. First and foremost, thanks for having me on, man. It's been a pleasure. It has been a, it's been a good chat, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm I'm pleased you're you're happy to have me on. So um, yeah, I I do have my own Chelsea podcast. It is called Yannick on Chelsea. Um, just search it on whatever podcast app, I guess. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Chelsea Yannick, where I will be plugging said podcast and other Chelsea content. But what I would really appreciate, as you probably heard, guys, I, I didn't get to plug many stats um, this time, but ne- next time I'm on the pod, I'll, I'll, I'll fill all your ears with stats. But I'm a, I'm a football nerd. I'm into statistics and game analysis. And I've actually started a YouTube channel called Yan the Statman. So if you just you search on YouTube Yan to st- Yan the Statman, I'd appreciate so, um, if you guys could subscribe. And actually, quite um, I've I've started a collaboration with 100% Chelsea, which are the biggest um, uh, fan-run uh, Chelsea YouTube channel. And uh, I do a weekly analysis uh, video for them. Um, yeah, so come check me out on YouTube Yan the Statman. And that's pretty much it, guys. Well, the pleasure was all ours, Jan. We're extremely happy we finally got you on. And again, like we'd love to have you come on again. Um, sure, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully next season will be much, much better than this year. And like you said, maybe we could even get a Champions League title under our belt. Oh, easy. So, easy, um, yeah, I mean, that that wraps up today's episode. For those of you listening, make sure you follow us on Twitter as well, at Romans Empire Pod. You could also email us if you guys have questions, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. Um, and until next week... Keep the blue flag flying high.